Welcome to Robin and Joa Save the World, One Book at a Time, a spoiler-free podcast sponsored by the good folks at Koros Books. That's Koros with a Q. Encore episode. Hello, everyone. I'm Joa. And I'm Robin. Welcome to the Robin and Joa podcast, where this week we have special guest Sonora Redes. That's right. They are the author of the debut YA contemporary novel, The Lesbiana's Guide to Catholic School. Welcome, Sonora. Thank you. How are you today? I am pretty good. I just woke up. <laughs> good we, morning. We, we may be too high energy right now for Sonora. <laughs> like caffeine. We'll. <laughs> it's okay. I'm a morning person, so. Ah, Excellent. Yes. Okay. All right. We already had our coffees. Yes. Yeah, so. Oh, good. <laughs> morning yeah, people we... unite. Now, yes. in doing a little looking around before this interview, I came across which is, by the way, friends, Sonora has a, an author tube channel. You should check it out. Thank the, you. <laughs> this book was born from NaNoWriMo in 2018. Can you tell us all about that? Yes, I can. Um, so um, I decided on like October 25th or something like wild like that, something really close to November that I was going to write my first book. <laughs> um, so I had kind of for a few years, I was playing with a different idea that was just so like fantastical and so like over the top and just so much world building went into it. It was like a five book series and like all of this. And so that was the book I wanted to write. And when I decided on October 25th that I was going to do NaNoWriMo, I realized that I couldn't write that book in a month. <laughs> um so I was like, okay, what book can I write in a month? I need to write about something that I know intimately, like something that um, I can just write from the heart that I, I don't have to do a bunch of research. I don't have to do a bunch of world building. I can just like, you know, pour it out. And so The Lesbiana's Guide to Catholic School was born. And I, um, I decided to write about um, the experience of going to Catholic school, like as a queer person, um closeted in catholic school and what that was like for me and like you know yami is not me like we're very different people so it's not really a, like a self-insert story but i did kind of compartmentalize different versions of myself and put them in the different characters and like explore all my different traumas and stuff through all the different characters so um it was fun i ended up finishing the book in 16 days wow <laughs> um yeah so I surprised myself because I had no idea how fast I was gonna write it because I had never written a book before and I just was so into it that like I couldn't stop writing like I was writing every single day for those 16 days like I didn't take any breaks and it was pretty much from like 6 a.m until midnight like every day Wow. The story was just like, just waiting to come out of you, huh? Yeah, that's what it, it really sounds was. like. I, I'm impressed. I'm, I'm really impressed. That's, <laughs> that's really you. fast. 
Yeah. And I, I tend to, so now I know this about myself. I tend to draft fast and revise slow. Ah, makes um, total sense. Yeah. So my first drafts are usually like pretty quick. Like I, um, like I usually can finish a draft in a couple of weeks, but the revising takes me like a couple of years to get to the point where it's like ready to like be published. The, is is your draft um, pretty whole or is it like uh, skeleton ish? Um, well, the Lesbian is Red Catholic School. The first draft was like fifty three thousand words. Dang. It was National Novel Writing Month, so my goal was fifty. Um, and it was just over that. Um, the version that is published now is like a hundred and three thousand words. Whoa, <laughs> so you doubled it, was, it. Yeah, it's a chunky boy. Yeah. Um yeah, so it was at the time that I wrote it, I thought it was fully fleshed out and fully like realized and everything. But I realized when I got my agent and we'd spent a year revising it together, <laughs> um, that it had there was so much more it could get so much deeper than it already was so the 53,000 words most of them stayed but I just added a lot deepening the characters and deepening the like um the relationships and the romance and the like backstories and the drama um, uh, yeah. so much drama this is like a telenovela I love this yeah <laughs> and it, it does have a lot of death I didn't feel like it was 103,000 and I guess that's good because it's like, right. Yeah. I just, I flew through the book. I, I couldn't put it down. And I think I, I speak on that on one of my channels. Yeah. I, I stayed, I listened to the aud audible, by the way, to the audiobook mm -hmm. um, version. And there was a lot of instances where I hid in bathrooms so I can finish something <laughs> that I was listening to, or I stayed in the car in the parking lot so that way I can finish it. But I was like, yes, I was, I, I couldn't, I couldn't put it down. So that reading time for me just flew through with this book. Oh, but, that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I have heard like feedback about it that like, it didn't feel as long as it was whenever I say it was 103,000 words, people are like, what? Um, but I think it's just because like, my writing style is very like conversational. It's not very dense. So it's like easy to read and it doesn't necessarily feel like it. I, I do, I do it on purpose. Like I, I, so I'm neurodivergent. I'm autistic and my reading comprehension isn't great. So when I write, I try to make sure it's like super accessible and super easy to read. Um, I'm so thankful for that. That is, that is great. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. So I think that that might contribute to why it feels like it's not as long as it is because it's just like really conversational, really like simple. Like it's not like s simple, like dumbed down, but it's like simple, like there's not a lot of like um, there. I don't do like purple prose or anything yeah. like that. Mm -hmm. It's straightforward, very clean, very mm -hmm. pretty prose. And you don't. Thank you. You don't baby the reader. You don't insult mm -hmm. the reader. You expect the reader to be smart and to pay attention and to know what's going on. And I really appreciate that in a book. That's lovely to see. Yay. <laughs> Can you tell us about getting your agent, what that looked like for you? Yes. It was kind of a funny process. Um, like I said, I wrote the book in NaNoWriMo of 2018. I finished it in 16 days. I revised it for the next two weeks. I sent it out to beta readers in December. 
I got feedback from like 12 people already in by like December 12th. Um, and I sent it to a lot of beta readers. So I like over sent it basically. But when I got feedback from like 12 people, I was like, this is enough to work with. So I revised it again. And then I queried it on like December 31st, <laughs> which is like a no, no. Um, <laughs> but I was, was like, like, I'm going to start this new year's with a bang. huh? <laughs> exactly. Um, and so I queried it super early. It was only like, I had changed it from like, it was 53,000 words and then it bumped up to 65 when I started querying it. Um, so I had like, added a good amount and like revised a decent amount and it was like a pretty clean draft but it wasn't nearly at its full potential when I was querying it um but luckily I got (laughs) I got really lucky to be honest like I don't want to like sugarcoat it and make people think that like my experience is like what happens to people because it I I just got really lucky I think um I got my first offer on February 8th and that was the, no, so it wasn't an offer. It was email saying, let's have a call the day before my top surgery. So I had to get surgery on February 9th. And so the call was on February 10th. (laughs) And so I was like super like high on pain meds and like really out of it when I had the call with the first agent who offered and it didn't feel real at all. I was like questioning. I was like, is this like a fever dream from like me being high on payments? <laughs> um, and so I got that first call. It was an offer. And so I spent the next two weeks like being super high on pain meds <laughs> and sending out all the emails <laughs> to everybody else while I was like super out of it. I'm sure those emails were not pretty. <laughs> um, but I was telling them all like, oh, I have an offer of representation. Like, let me know if you want to like, you know, put your hat in the ring. And a couple other agents got back to me saying that they wanted calls too. I ended up choosing um, Alexandra Levick, my current agent. She had just such a different vision for the book than everyone else. Everyone else wanted to go on submission right away. They were like, yes, we can like sell this right away. Or like maybe one quick round of revision. Ali was like, no, this needs a lot of revision. And here's what I think it needs. And like her ideas, I was just like, oh my God, you get this character. Like, you know what I'm trying to do here. And like, you, you have ideas for how to do it that I wouldn't have even thought of. So I was like, definitely her. <laughs> um, so I wanted to, I wanted to see the book hit its full potential. And so even though the other agents wanted to go on submission right away and I might've sold it sooner, I do think that it was really worth it to go through that year of revisions with my agent. Um, Cause we revised it for a full year before we went on submission with it. Um, and then I think that was so worth it. And I think it ended up ultimately getting the, the deal that it, the best deal it could have gotten based on like how much we put into it, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So did, was the editing after, after you have the offer and the agent and the publishing, yeah. was that a lot or, or not too much since you and your agent put a year worth of editing into it? Okay. So with my editor, um, after they bought the book, I still had, I think, three more rounds of edits to do. 
Um, but it was mostly smaller things, like like clarifying things or like um, adding a little a little something to like one character. But it was nothing super major that changed anything substantial about the book. Like there was a couple plot points that I needed to like um, kind of like nail down. Yeah, but yeah. For the most part, it was really simple stuff. So the first round was like, so my agent, I'm used to getting like minimum five page edit letters. Like I think the longest one I got was like, I don't know, between 12 and 15 pages um, of like an edit letter of like different things to what to do with the revision. Like, here's all the things that need work. Here's what mm -hmm. works, blah, blah, blah. Um, and so usually I'm used to getting like pretty long ones. I think the edit letters that I got from my editor were much shorter, like five pages was like the maximum and, and the other two were like two to three pages. So it was really, that's a really lot good. Less than what I was used to. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's really good. And it shows, it shows in the book. Aww, it does show. <laughs> yeah. This book, you can tell that this book took some time and some finesse. And I always appreciate that because when someone publishes maybe sometimes too early, often the reader can tell, often the reader can tell this title, the lesbianist guide to Catholic school. Hey. I adore it. It's a perfect I title. I love it. It's yeah. a perfect title. Is that you? Sonora, or did that come from your agent, or did you think of that early on? Tell us the story of the title. So, for the longest time, like while I was drafting the book, I didn't have a title. I was calling it what was I calling? It? I think I was just calling my like In La book, which is like you know the code of the heart because it it was just the only like phrase that I knew from the book that I was like it was just the working title, right? Oh, I was gonna say, oh yeah, me say that In La Yeah. <laughs> um. So I just called it In La and um eventually i knew i had was gonna have to change that and i was brainstorming titles all the ideas i came up with were so bad and then i was talking to my cousin about it and she came up with the idea of the marimacha's guide to catholic school and i loved it but i was like maybe marimacha might be a little bit like a it's in spanish so people yeah. might not know what it means and b the people who do know what it means might be offended <laughs> yeah so it, ha it has a, a, a negative connotation to it yeah, yeah yeah so i thought about using that one and then i ended up going with lesbiana because i was like okay if you don't know spanish you know that this means lesbian mm -hmm. you know so it's a very clear like idea of what the book is about just from the title um so my cousin kind of inspired me and I just changed the one word and then it um, went from there. And so I queried with that title and it never changed. That is so awesome. <sighs> I don't think I don't think I've seen that in a book like English and Spanish. I've seen it inside a book, but not on mm -hmm. a title. It's my first yeah, time. With I was that. really glad that they let me do that. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure your excellent title helped with your querying. I'm sure I'm certain about it because who doesn't want to read the lesbianist guide to Catholic school? Everybody yeah. wants to read that. <laughs> yeah. I think it definitely helped to get agents to like open that email faster. I'm sure. Um, yeah, absolutely. I don't know if you know, I, I, I hope that it, that I was hoping like, cause I did put the title in like every subject line um, just to like make sure. Cause I'm like, okay, here, you know yes. what you're getting into. Like, yeah, so hopefully I think that might have helped. 
that's strong that's title. Yeah, a strong title. It's a conundrum and, in there in that one title. So you have to figure it out, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And a gorgeous cover. Now, I know the cover oh, comes later. Yes. Did you have yes. input into the cover? So, yes. Um, I had, I didn't get to, like, choose what was going to be on the cover. Um, but I had uh, the opportunity to choose between four different cover artists um, and I just, they all had very different vibes and I didn't know what the design was going to be, but I just felt like Beth Hernandez is the artist who I ended up choosing. I felt like her style was just so like yummy. I've heard of her. Oh yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. she's amazing. Um, so I ended up choosing her and, um, just based off of like her portfolio, not knowing what the art was going to look like. And then they sent me a sketch of the cover like once they had the design and everything and I got to give a little bit of feedback on that I think the only thing I changed was like I wanted her to have more attitude so I was like give her an eyebrow quirk and a little smirk and then they did that (laughs) um (laughs) um because before she was just like straight face um, which it was a beautiful concept but I think to fit Yami like I just wanted her to have a little bit of an attitude on the cover. Hey. Um, so the eyebrow quirk and the smirk was like me and my agent were like, ooh, let's let's give her some a little pizzazz. Um, and so they added that, and then I got to choose from three different color schemes. Oh um, what made I you pick that one? I love it. I love what you picked. I just <laughs> want to know what made oh, you yeah. pick it. They all had very different vibes. One of them was red and orange i think one of them was the color scheme you see so the yellow and the pink Mm -hmm. and one of them was black and yellow and i really liked all of them but then i realized the black and yellow kind of looked like star wars font because of the Uh. way the font was on the top like how it looks like you know it's like um a long long time ago in a galaxy <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so i with the black and yellow i was like oh this makes me think star wars so i so that one was out um the other one i thought was beautiful but it just felt too serious and i thought that it would be nice to give the pink and the yellow a little bit um, so that it felt a little bit more like playful and fun, even though the book mm-hmm. is serious. I think it gets across with the whole like, um, you know, the cover itself like makes you and the title like, you know, mm-hmm. it's going to be a little serious, but it's also a funny book. So like, yes. I didn't want people to read it thinking this is like an issue book or it's too serious or it's just going to be all all serious all the time. So I wanted a little bit more like fun. Yeah, it has it has a lot of lighthearted parts in there, and I love yeah. the relationship between uh, brother and sister as well. I think that brings some yeah. good moments into the story. Not everything is like issue related in this book, and I, I I love that. Thank you. You're welcome. I'm geeking out about your book, so I I'm I'm a big fan. I love your book. Like I squealed Aww. when I found you on Twitter, <laughs> and I send you the the DM, and you said yes. I was like, oh, because I knew you were getting harassed online, so I was really yeah. worried that you weren't gonna see it because I knew you were monitoring your DMs at that time. But I just yeah. wanted to kind of lift you up and and let you Thank know you. that while there were other people that don't appreciate your art because they're dumb. I do. I think this <laughs> is a beautiful you. story. Yes. 
Yeah, yeah absolutely. You, you slipped in at the perfect time because right ah! after that, I closed my DMs because it was getting too much. Yeah. Um. So I'm really glad that I saw your message Um. because it was like, it's nice to, and, and that's why I, I hesitated for so long about closing my DMs because I do get really nice messages sometimes. It's just right now, it, it, with the book first coming out, um, it was just a lot of like hate and a lot mm -hmm. of like I was getting threats and like it was just I needed to like protect myself. So I ended up closing my DMs. Um, I'll, I, I don't know. I would like to open them back up someday, but I definitely think I need some time before I can do that. Oh, of course. <laughs> take no. your time. Yeah. Take, take your time and take care of yourself. Absolutely. But I hope, I don't know if you've checked on Amazon or on Goodreads, but you might want to because the reviews are spectacular. Aww. They're spectacular. Right? Yes. Mm -hmm. oh, it has been well so received, happy. Sonoda. It Very well received, yes. I think. Yay. <laughs> yeah, I think it's just, it really goes to show that like the people who are so mad about it existing, they're not reading it. They're not reviewing no. it. They're just mad. You yeah. know, <laughs> they're not and your like, ideal reader. They're not your people. So really, so, I mean, I I'm not trying to sound like, you know, minimizing it, but their opinions is really kind of like, should not be in your purview that should not be centered, I should say, at the very least, because exactly. your readers are loving it. I I'd go even stronger, Joa. I'd go stronger. I, I think what you said, Sonora, is exactly right. They're just mad. This isn't no. about you. This isn't about your book. They're not readers and they're not writers. And more and more, the older I get, hey, Soapbox, how are you? Uh, the older I get, <laughs> the more I realize if the only people that I really want to take criticism from are people who've done what I want to do. So if these people haven't written an excellent piece of fiction, then maybe uh, maybe their voice isn't so important. You've really done something, Sonora. You should be proud Thank of yourself you. because it's phenomenal. And we want to know very much what you're working on right now. What are you writing now? Yes. yes. Um. Really quick, I just want to backtrack a little bit before I answer that question, um, if that's okay. <laughs> um, of course. Of course. I just think it's really funny that like the people who were so mad about my book existing ended up making it hit a bestseller list. Hey. <laughs> um, like, so <laughs> so many of them were like, they were just ridiculous. Someone was like, I'm buying a hundred copies just so I can burn them. Or like, I'm going to line my birdcage with this book or I'm going to, you know, like whatever. It's like, they're buying the book. And you're laughing and all like, the way to the bank. <laughs> thank you. Keep like, going. thank you yeah. for your support. Like, I yes. appreciate it. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, I just laughed at that. I thought it was really funny. <laughs> um, but, yeah. Um, so, anyways, what am I working on now? I'm working on a bunch of things. But what's next in the works, I do have another book that's going to come out next year. Um, that's already been sold. I'm going to post about it like i'm gonna post a little book trailer soon so stay tuned on my twitter for that Woo! um <laughs> is it but, your middle grade dystopian no actually it's so that one i'm revising with my agent so we haven't gone on submission with it yet so it's not sold the dystopian i can't but wait fingers crossed for that one because i love it so much but the one that 
is going to be published next is another YA contemporary. It's another queer YA contemporary. The main character is a queer autistic girl. Um, basically, after she has sex for the first time with a guy at a party who ultimately did take advantage of her, she teams up with an anonymous pen pal to get revenge on him for you know, spreading the rumor about them having sex and for taking advantage of her. She eventually figures out, you know, it deals with rape culture and she kind of like grows into figuring out, like becoming an advocate for herself and realizing like how big this thing is. Um, and she's gonna, you know, of course, fall in love in the process. Um, so oh, it's gonna be fun. <laughs> I love it. I love it already. I'm all for it. <laughs> I'm so excited. I love revenge. Like, I love revenge yes. so much. Um, so I just can't wait to get that like out there. Um, oh, say it again. Say it again, Sonora. The Luis Oliveira Survival Club. <laughs> it has my last name. I'm buying the book. Okay. <laughs> I love um, it. <laughs> so i'm really excited about that one i will be posting the trailer soon so strange, but um yeah i'm really excited while it deals with topics just like the lesbian also has in moments and it's very like even though it deals with the premise is very serious you know like revenge a horrible thing that happened but it's so survivors and before that cathartic and that revenge and someone face consequences and like get do all these things it's very of the of john tucker must die only yes intense <laughs> yes i love it bring on all the gay books let's say gay yes. gay 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 yes bring them all in i'm excited for this book Thank you. Yeah, I can't can't wait to like have the gays take over publishing. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> We're here for it to read it yeah, and repost very it. Much here yes, for it. <laughs> for that. Mm -hmm. I love it. I love it. I love it. To think I live in Texas. I'm over here. Yes, gay, 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 gay. Yes. Gay some more. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I love it. Now we have to hit a topic that is very near and dear to Joa's heart. As I was watching your author tube video, I did notice that perhaps you have some dogs. Do you still have dogs? I do. So <clears throat> I have one dog now. I used to have so um this the house that I live in used to be a completely full house. Like if you if it, like in the last few weeks that I've been doing all these events, I, they've been using my old author bio. Like I, I have changed it since then, but used to say there's a small pack of dogs that run the place. They lived in a multi-generational family home. So I was here with my mom and my dad, my sister, her husband, their two kids, my other sister, her husband, their two dogs and my dog. Um, so it was a full house and all the dogs lived in my room. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So like they, they slept with me, like, it, like my bed, like at night was just completely full of dogs. Uh, yeah. That sounds like me before I got married. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah. So I love dogs, but now I only have the one. He is a very good boy. He's a pit bull. He's very sweet. He cuddles me at night. He loves to cuddle and steal my pillow. Oh, 
What's his name? His name is Thor. Thor. Oh, little yeah, Thor. Yeah, because he's blonde and buff. Oh, <laughs> el torcito. Yeah. <laughs> uh, now I got to go check it out just so I can see Thor on the oh, video. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Are you getting cats, Sonora? Um, so Thor doesn't get along with cats, unfortunately. <gasps> um, but if it was up to me and I could make that happen i definitely would because i love cats i am allergic to them oh same but here it doesn't stop me from mm -hmm. from trying to pet all of them no live your best life try a certic <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> so when you're not writing sonora what else are you doing honestly i've been writing so much uh there's um so it's really more what i'm doing on my breaks from writing versus like um I haven't been giving myself much time off and I really need to but I found this really cute little queer coffee shop it's queer owned they have a queer book club they do queer open mics wow. they do queer movie nights it's amazing it's such a like safe place to be in and wow. I just love hanging out at that coffee That's shop lovely. and going to the events um and like it's called Brick Road Coffee. If anyone is ever in Arizona and wants to check out a really cute queer coffee shop, it's extremely cute. The owners are lovely. They came to my book lunch and they brought me coffee. Oh, how nice. Those are good people. That's they're how good you know they're good people. people. They're really good people. Yeah. And like, I love everyone who works there. I love the environment there. So Ooh. I have, I personally have an addiction to buying books. And yeah, my bookshelf is full. So I went and I bought all the queer books I could find. And I just went and put them all in their little library. <laughs> so, like, I love up that. Their shelf. It was already pretty full. But like we figured out how to fit it all in there. <laughs> yeah. Um, I love that. Yeah, but like you people come in there all the time, like um looking for queer books, like and someone came in yes. looking for covertly queer books for their niece who was like closeted. And ah. I was like, okay, a lot of queer books are overtly queer, mine included. It has lesbiana in the title. Like you can't read that without letting people know you're reading a queer book. Yeah. You know, or, or the or the book cover usually has the I have a couple. I have a title for you if you'd like a covertly queer book. Oh. Related by murder. Ooh, okay. It's, it's a murder mystery. I am the author, but it is covertly queer. Nice. I love that. Yeah. Um I did go to the bookstore and I just bought all the covertly queer books I could find. Yeah. And I like because I, I knew like a lot of them were covertly queer because I had either read them or have them or um, you know, knew the authors. I'm definitely writing down. You said it's called, it's called what? Related by murder. Related by murder. Okay. Yeah. It's awesome. a murder yes. mystery. Love it's that. covertly queer and features a transgender character who is not vilified. Hey, Love <laughs> how about that? Uh, you know, I wish Amazon had categories like this because this is a category that I've heard of people looking for before covertly queer books. And, you know, when you go on Amazon and you choose your keywords, they don't offer this level of distinction. But this, we should maybe write to Amazon friends who are listening mm -hmm. and ask for overtly queer and covertly queer books because there's a real time and a place for that. And sometimes that mm -hmm. can be 
a big hug for someone who doesn't even know that they need it. That's yes. an um, act of exactly. compassion. Exactly. Yeah. It's so important to have both too, because like we need yes. that visibility, but we also need to be able to like, people need to be able to like be uh, able to access books without like shouting, like I'm reading a queer book. Like I'm queer. Mm-hmm. Like, um, so, cause some people aren't ready for that. And so I think mm-hmm. it's really important to have both. Um, so the answer really is just more, 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 more queer books. Let's take over everything, make everything. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, yeah. So like, um, also what was it? Sorry, I lost my train of thought. Um, I was going to say, Sonora, like, and when you said that, that remind me so much of, of Yami in your book, The mm-hmm. Lesbiana's Guide. Uh, to Catholic school because she she says that it, her and her brother they're going through that through that period mm. where it's like they they want the time to be good for them they don't want that to be forced upon them and that's how we open the book here as well it's just with that um, that forceful outing um, you mm. know and then I I think that's so much like we should give people that grace and I think that can be done through books like that that are covert queer so that way they can come within their own space at their own time in a manner that feels right for them. So, yes, exactly. Yeah. yeah. I love that. Um, oh my God. I have something to say and I don't know why. <laughs> It'll come back to you. Don't worry. So how many hours a day do you write? Because this seems like you really write very intensely. I do. Um, I, so I don't, I think, I don't remember if I mentioned this before, but I am autistic. I hyper focus on things um, and tend to forget to do anything else. <laughs> um, so, um, which is probably not healthy, but this is like how my brain works. Like I just hyper focus on something and it's all I can think about. So it's all I do. Um, and then I'll take like a week off or two weeks off before I get into the next project that I want to work on. So, so we not- have kind folks that bring you food so that way you don't forget yeah, right to eat too. <laughs> yeah so actually the people are pretty great they're like um excuse me you're shaking um yeah want something yeah <laughs> sugar sugar stuff. so right now i am on a deadline for a secret project that i can't talk about yet um but hopefully we will hear about it soon um but with that one, I've just been working like all day, like seven days a week, pretty much just trying to um, get it done and trying to like, like, I don't know, like, it's just all I can think about. Like, as soon as we're done here, I'm going to start working on it. <laughs> um, like, it's <laughs> it's probably not super healthy, but like, this is how my brain works. I tend to hyper focus. And then after I finish a project, I take a couple weeks off. Um, to reset and recharge and then I do it again with a different project. That's a career author though I really think you know in order to support yourself as an author you really have to be that dedicated. Yeah I think that there's definitely a balance and I think I'm I need to get better at doing the bare minimum to take care of myself while I'm hyper-focused. So for example like my book just came out, right? And I'm on a deadline and I'm doing all these events, 
like interviews, podcasts like this one, or like in-person events um, with libraries or my local bookstore or anything like that. But um, so there's not a lot of time to write, but I will like make myself do it in all those little pockets of time and then forget to eat and forget to sleep. And so I think that it's something I need to work on. I need to get a more healthy schedule, sleep at a regular hour, make sure I schedule in my eating time <laughs> because I tend yeah, to forget. For sure. So that way it can be a sustainable habit though. Exactly. Don't I don't want to burn out. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, we don't. We don't want you to burn out because we want more books from you. <laughs> I mean, many, many more. I have so oh, many, yeah. so many in the woodworks. Oh, I love to hear that because who else is going to write middle grade dystopian? As soon as I heard middle grade dystopian, I was like, oh, <laughs> right? yes, please, yes, please, yes, please. I need that. Yes. yes. Is there, and is there the any middle grade dystopian? I don't think so. I don't know. Um, it's because I originally was going to write it as YA. And then I pitched it to my agent, and she was like, this is middle grade, Sony. And I was like, oh, <laughs> okay, so I guess they're 12. Um, <laughs> but it worked so well as a middle grade. Like, I think it's perfect the way it is now. Obviously not perfect, like it needs revision. I think the concept and the age category is like exactly where it needs to be. Um, I'm really, really excited about that one. I, um, For anyone who doesn't know it, a very disabled story like the main character is autistic his best friend is blind it's just all the feels so like I'm autistic my cousin is blind and we were having a conversation like we die first in these stories yeah and I was like well I'm gonna write one where the autistic character and the blind character like thrive yes they're the heroes yeah yeah exactly I love it. You're you're spinning it on on us. That is amazing. <laughs> love that. Thank you. <laughs> really excited about that. Can you give us just little tease, but little little tidbits, little teasers, little tastes of what else you're working on? I know you can't spill titles, and I know you can't tell us everything, but just like um, you know, just genre, even how many projects you're working on. Sure. Um, okay. So let me pull up my finished novel. So I finished my first, The Lesbiana's Guide to Catholic School. I wrote NaNoWriMo 2018. Since then, I have written eight novels um, and outlined a bunch more. So there is a secret project that is a co-written book that I wrote with another author. I Maybe I'm not supposed to say who yet, but that one we're hoping to go on submission with after um the Luis Ortega survival club goes a little further so once people know about that one this will hopefully be like the next YA that's the plan I'm working on the middle grade dystopian there's an adult romance that I'm working on um a very like the adult romance is very like telenovela, very dramatic, very I'm here for it. <laughs> um, I'm here for it. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um there's that one. Let's see. I don't want to talk about anything that's too far into the future because then people will just <laughs> they'll get impatient and I won't be able to I won't be able to deliver on it, but the things that will hopefully be coming out in the next couple of years would be the adult romance, the middle grade, 
dystopian and the co-written book, which is um, Enemies to Lovers, Pen Pals, Trans Rom-Com. It's going to be great. Yeah. Okay. Trans (laughs) Rom-Com. We need that. Boy, it's interesting when you start thinking about it, what we don't have, like Mm -hmm. in terms of books right now, what we need more of. Trans Rom-Com. All day long. Boy, I'll, yeah, I'm very I think excited. there's really only one author doing it right now. Emery Lee has two trans rom-coms out. And Love. I, there are other, like, trans books. Yeah. And there are trans books with romance. And there are trans funny books with romance. But I don't think, as far as I know, I the only, one, the only trans rom-coms in traditional publishing that I've heard of are Meet Cute Diary and Cafe Con Nietzsche, which are both phenomenal books. Highly recommend them. Yeah, I have to get Cafe con Leche. Me yeah, too. It's great. I love the title already. Mm-hmm. The title is so good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Love that. Okay, this is so I am good. You're opening up the market. You you like you coming in into the publishing world and knocking down doors, not knocking on them, but knocking them down. Knocking For sure. them a little too hard. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so that's that's the goal i just want to gay everything up and write a bunch of fan trans books and- <laughs> gay every- let's gay everything up I, yeah. I'm here. I like it <laughs> yeah so it's gonna be fun there are a few books that i've written that i'm not sure if they'll ever be published just because i don't know where to fit them into my schedule but hopefully Hopefully one day I'll get to talk about them. <laughs> yes. Oh, you will. You will. I'm sure of it. I'm excited. It's always exciting when you like someone's work to hear that they're very productive and that they have a bunch of books as a reader, I'm mm-hmm. talking, mm-hmm. in the pipeline. So I thank you for that. I thank you for that because we're really <laughs> excited and looking forward to your future work. Oh, yes. yes. Well, hopefully it's hopefully it all sells <laughs> i know for a fact the luis ortega survival club is going to come out because that one already sold <laughs> so you can expect at least one other book next year and then the rest is just fingers crossed hoping that hoping that i can um talk about them more and that they can come out into the world has your agent already seen the disto? You can tell I'm obsessed with the middle grade dystopian. <laughs> yes. Is it coming? I'm very needy. Is it coming? Is it coming? <laughs> so my agent and I are currently revising the middle grade dystopian. Oh, good. And um, we are also revising the adult romance. Okay, that sounds good. very promising because I don't think your agent would spend time invest the time you know if, mm-hmm. if she didn't think she could sell it so oh i'm exactly yeah. i'm more excited than i can say yay me too <laughs> i can't wait it's um so usually we do like many rounds of revision before we send anything on submission so the adult romance has been through a lot of revision and that one's probably going to be ready to go out pretty soon the middle grade is on its first round right now so i haven't heard any feedback yet other than that, she's loving it. So hopefully that's a great yeah, sign. That's a great <laughs> sign. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, hopefully, um, hopefully that one will be will be able to um, put it out pretty soon. I'm just gonna ask for a little. This is a personal thing. When you write an autistic character, at some point, can you write an autistic character with sleep disturbance? An autistic character who doesn't sleep. Please. um that's for you me know, <laughs> i definitely can um uh, 
Yeah, because that is something that I deal with too. So like, oh, I could... do you? Yeah. Any um, advice? Serious question. Any advice? Um, sleeping pills. That's what I use. Ah, uh, they don't work. Ah, mm. uh, no. Yeah, I have prescribed um sleeping pills for that, and I yeah. don't take them every night because I don't want to get desensitized to them. Yeah. Yes. So I only yes. take them on the nights when, because I also have chronic fatigue, um, and so. I can tell if I'm going to be able to sleep one night, depending on how exhausted I am from the chronic, chronic fatigue. So yeah. if I'm feeling like it's a good day and I'm not super exhausted, then I'll take my sleep meds. <laughs> um, friends who are friends who are listening, uh, sometimes uh, people with autism have trouble sleeping, but not the way maybe you might think of trouble sleeping. It's not a little trouble going to sleep tonight. It's sometimes not sleeping for weeks on end. Mm -hmm. And it's not because of anything they're doing. And simple things like don't drink coffee have no impact uh, whatsoever. And in some cases, even prescription sleeping pills have no impact. It's somehow hardwired into some friends with autism, because we know that autism is a wide range of mm -hmm. things, right? Mm -hmm. If you know yes. one person with autism, then you know one person with autism. <laughs> That's all you know. Yes, yes. So anyway. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And I think you mentioned that because I have not, like, ever since my book came out, or like ever since maybe came out, that's just a metric I use um, measured um, these days. Uh, I haven't really had more than a few hours of sleep a night. So I've been like running on fumes. Um, and that's with the sleep meds. <laughs> so it's been, oh, wow. it's yeah. been a lot, but hopefully that means I'm so exhausted that I will be sleeping for 36 hours straight soon. Oh, I hope. I'm going to keep my fingers rest. crossed. Yeah, yeah, me too. For a very good nourishing refill of your rest. Yes. <laughs> yes. That'll be wonderful. I love that. I, you know, personally, um, I enjoy reading about characters with autism because number one, I enjoy learning about different experiences and different, different characteristics, right? People mm -hmm. are different and they have different things going on. I hope in the future, sometimes I feel like what I've seen, and this is just the books that I've seen, so maybe I'm not reading the right books. I've seen autism light. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. and, and I would love to see, you know, more. I would love to see more. Yeah. And like, so in the Luis Ortega Survival Club, the main character is autistic. She's has selective mutism, which means that she doesn't talk to anyone that she doesn't feel extremely safe around, which is basically just her parents for most of the novel. Um, so she's got like, she's very, so I've written like a range of autistic characters. She is definitely on like the more noticeably autistic end of the spectrum versus like some other of my characters who are like, um who mask really well or you know so I like to write a variety of like them even though like you know I am who I am and I have like my own experience um but I feel like I can relate to a lot of them because I've been <laughs> it's like I've been different people throughout my life like I used to have selective mutism not anymore obviously um because <laughs> I'm doing a podcast really? <laughs> um, but I used to like in middle school like I didn't talk like at all in elementary school 
Um, I, so. I didn't know that was something. Did you do anything in particular or did you kind of outgrow it or how did you move sort so of beyond? Most people outgrow selective mutism. Like it's usually a childhood thing. Um, for autism, it usually can last longer. Um, and selective mutism can be something that lasts throughout life um, for autistic people. But it usually, as you get older, you'll have like, oh, today is a selective mutism day. Um, so I can't talk today, but tomorrow I'll be able to, if that makes sense. Um, Total sense. That makes yeah. perfect sense. Yeah. Yeah. So instead of it being like, I just never talk, it's like, oh, this day is going to be harder for me. So I'm going to have to rely on text or, you know. Yeah. So. Yeah. Friends who are listening, if you know someone who sometimes says, I can't talk to you, but I can text, just go with that. That's not about yeah. you. Um, there's a lot of friends who sometimes describe it as having a number of words. Maybe they mm -hmm. have a hundred words to use all day in their speaking voice and they've used all those words and that's mm -hmm. just how it is. And so they want to have a text conversation. Just go with it. That's okay. It's great. You can have a rich friendship mm -hmm. and be open to other means of communication. Don't always insist on the voice and on speech because you're comfortable with that. Be willing to text with friends. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Or like, Write love letters. <laughs> yes. Uh, that's better. Yes. <laughs> we don't write enough love letters. We any don't. of us. Mm -hmm. I have one friend who, okay, it's not love letters, but she sends me stuff in the mail, like little gifts and little messages and notes and cards. And usually oh. the little envelopes have confetti in them. And it's really cute. And like nobody else does that. It's so cute. That's so kind. And confetti is a lifetime of happiness. You will mm -hmm. always find it once you <laughs> pop it open. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that is so true. A lifetime of that. joy. Yeah. A lifetime <laughs> of joy. Oh, my goodness. This has been wonderful. I thank you so much, Sonora, for joining us today, for thank teaching for us, me. for filling us in about yeah. everything, about getting an agent and about your work and what you're doing, yeah. your work process. I really appreciate it. I hope you'll come back. We want to hear all about your future mm -hmm. works and we hope you'll come back and join us in the future. We're but for now, yeah. it's time for Joa and I to save the world. One gay book at a time. Hey, gay bye. <laughs> bye. Be gay. <laughs> and maybe Eat.